Hello guys and welcome to episode 9 of so How Did I Get Here with me Sam Lax and this week, as I always say, but is always true, is a doozy. Seriously, you're going to love this one. I had the pleasure of talking to Lillian Ahankan, who's popularly known as Flex on Instagram. And she is a modern day multidisciplinary millennial. She's epic. She's a social media influencer, got 43k and rising followers on Instagram. And she's a professional DJ, podcaster. She's got two that we talk about. Board game creator that's about critical thinking and self-development. Huda Funk, professional opinion writer. She's got a book in the making and she is a model as well. And a presenter, which is where I met her doing her work through Build Series Sydney. She's an epic lass. Epic. And we talk about so much, so much cool stuff about manifestation and self-development and mindset growth and just her incredible rise to fame in a short period of time that she's been on this planet. So without further ado, I'll take you live to our studio conversation. So, good day, guys. Could be good morning, could be good evening, depending on where you are in the world and where you're listening. But welcome back to So How Did I Get Here with me, Sam Lax. And this week, my God, I and you guys are in for a treat because I'm joined by the incredible force of nature that is Flex Mummy. How are you, girl? That's really lovely. I want that intro for all of my things. Mate, I feel like you've got that kind of soundtrack when you walk around anyway. What what would be your walk? At the moment, of course, it's all transient, but what would you have? Boom, you kick a door in. Everyone goes, <gasps> looks at the door. What tune's playing before you step out? All I do is win. Yeah, strong, <laughs> strong, 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 like strong. That's, that's fitting. Yeah, a lot of time It's for that. true. And then what would you, what, what pose are you doing? Are you coming in finger gunning at the crowd or are you coming in just like, yeah, here I am. I feel like I'm going to subvert it and come in really soft and open. Just yep. like I'm going to glide through. Glide through yeah, on a segue perhaps. Yeah, one of those, a boosted board. Yeah, maybe stop to hug a few people. Nice, kiss a maybe, baby or two. Yeah, yeah you yeah. know, and perhaps wipe away a tear that isn't quite there but looks great for camera. Of course, yeah, and yeah. And then just like delicately and gracefully sit down and just take a moment to take in the audience mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. you know, drink a sip of something. And, Real talk. You know, just take my time. Love that. And I won't tell anyone to stop clapping. I'll just no, let them go until it's done. It could be hours, but yeah, I'll wait. Yeah, yeah, I like it. I saw a guy um, do a talk uh, a week or two ago and he was like, no, stop it, stop it, stop it. But beckoning with his hand for people to keep going. He's like, yo, you're too much, you're too much. And it took literally three, four minutes until he got going. But that serotonin rush that he's getting. Absolutely. Serious affirmation. Let people indulge you. Mm, I agree, I agree. And that just speaks volumes for your positivity and your incredible outlook on life. And we're going to get into all of this. But let's begin at the beginning. Where were you born? In Sydney, Australia. Yeah, buddy, whereabouts? I think it's the Royal Women's Hospital, but it doesn't exist anymore. Okay. okay. Yeah, in Campdown. Nice. And where would I have found you growing up, doing that growing up thing? In Chifley until I was... How old is one when they're in... Year three, eight, eight, perhaps, okay. maybe seven. Sure. I started school early and then I lived in Kensington up until I was 20. Oh, wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. So what were the biggest influences on you back in the day? Um, well, we'll come to find out that I don't really remember my childhood or teenage hood, adolescence. That is I have terrible memory or 
a repressed memory. What happened to me? Same. I've got a <laughs> terrible memory. I'm so glad that someone else shares this because I'm, like, I'm like, some people I've interviewed and they're like, yeah, when I was six, I did this. I'm like, you remember when you were six? Mm -hmm. Like, what? I think my memory like flickers on when I'm like playing with the worms in the garden at around like 11 or something. Yeah. <laughs> That's like really tragic. I mean, there, maybe I remember like learning how to ride a bike. That good. I remember. Yeah. Key memory. Are you any good? Uh, my brothers just pushed me down a hill, so. Fight or flight. Yeah. Sink or swim. Yeah. And I got it done. Nice. To this day. Just nice. bought my own electric bike. I'm a fan. Really? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. I remember we were chatting about this last yeah. time you were in. Cruising. I spent so much money on Lime that it was nonsensical to just keep yeah, spending. Totally. But now that I own a bike, I realize that it's far less convenient than just borrowing a bike on because the street. Because you have to remember where you where left it. Where it is, got to lock it up, got to bring a helmet. Mm -hmm. You know, got to, mm -hmm. There's a, a whole battery in that bike that can be stolen. Oh, God. What, you just, have to take that out, pop that in the purse. You don't that have ain't to take a thing that you're carrying you around. You have to, it's huge. Yeah, it's like exactly. 10 kilos. But I've got to like lock you know, lock the bike through the wheel and through, you know, the, yeah. the battery and it's through the other thing. wheel. It's, it's a, a whole, whole thing. thing. It's not chill. No. But you enjoy having it on the whole? Yeah, it's yeah. great. That's glass. Mm. Heels be gone, that kind of vibe. Just pop, pop yeah, it in the cruise. Well, I don't have a throttle. You don't have a... So you still have to... It's pedal assist. Ah, uh, so you still got to put a bit yeah, of work yeah, in. But that's good. Pedal. That's a nice halfway house, right? Exactly. Because otherwise you'll get too lazy and you'll just be there cruising, the slowly putting on the pounds over the years. Absolutely. And you're like, what happened to me? Mm. And so childhood memories, that. I do remember my mum and her new boyfriend. Mm. She was... He was like trying way too hard to get us to like him. And okay. I think he wanted to make me food. And I was like, I've got it. I didn't have it. So I think... I was making myself a sandwich and I wanted a strawberry jam and peanut butter one, mm. but he only had mayonnaise and cheese. So I just put it all on the sandwich and I was like, it's fine. Interesting. I've got this. I don't need help. How did he react to that? He was like, okay, whatever. <laughs> like, sure. Yeah. Whatever you want to do, you're great. Yeah. 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 Um, so those two things, very vivid. The rest, not quite sure. Interesting. You think <gasps> that was the beginning of your, go on, go on, pregnant, pregnant or pause? When I was in year seven, yeah. my gymnastic teacher really wanted me to get involved and I was like not into PE. Gymnastics, just because it was really skills-based, mm -hmm. you couldn't really just like faff about like in team sports. Mm -hmm. And so she she forced me to get on the balance beam and I was like, I'm too scared for this. I don't like short heights. I like roller coasters, not like trampolines. Scared of trampolines, love a roller coaster. Is that because the concept of the floor is closer? It's so it's, close. It's a lot more visceral, I want to die if I fall. Real talk. You know? So you don't like bungee jumping, but Ooh. you like skydiving. I mean, I guess so. It's the same concept. I feel like I, could, I would rather fall out of a plane yeah. than Oh, mate, because you can't. It's like being on a big something. fan. Yeah, you're, mm -hmm. and then by the time the ground becomes a thing. Splat. You're, you're, well, not hopefully not splat. Hopefully you're cruising yeah. nice and gently. Whereas a, a Parasailing could be nice. That could be very nice. Anyway, so I got on the balance beam and I remember just like my heart racing. And then I don't know if I fell on purpose mm -hmm. or if I was just uncoordinated, but I fell. Oh, and I was badly? Like, Do you see what you've done? Oh, what, to so the <laughs> wasn't, teacher? It wasn't badly at all. What, you were just like self-fulfilling? I was self very bitter and I was like, this is what I said was going to happen. Manifesting. And she was like, I think you did okay. Like, you, you're not hurt. And I was like, I told you this would happen though. Interesting. And then getting vertigo when my mum wouldn't get me the phone I wanted. It was bizarre. Can you get vertigo on the ground? I on think ground it's just level? an anxiety attack, really. Okay, yeah, <laughs> like yeah. Like my first and only experience. But I just, like the room was spinning and my heart was beating so fast. Wow. It was bizarre. Well, that's a testament to the power of the mind though, right? Honestly. And your mind is a very powerful one. When did you start cultivating this incredible mind that we uh, are witnessing right now? I would say it had to be maybe around 
19. Mm. I was studying at TAFE, doing fashion business and just hating it because I don't like structured learning environments and I was finding it really hard to apply myself as all my lecturers would say. Why did you go in the first place? Because uh, I, I thought I had to. Yeah. You know, Social I, construct. You know, everyone around you was doing the it. The alternative would be trying to convince everyone that I... But that by not going, I had a plan. I mm -hmm. didn't have a plan. So mm -hmm. I was like, this was this was fun. I could do this. Mm -hmm. But I remember telling myself if I would go to the library and just sort of like practice academia, then it would come to me in a vision. So I'd go to the library, just get on the phone and like chat to my friend. Sure. <laughs> um, but I remember sort of lingering in like this psychology self-development aisle and came across this book called How to Understand Others by Understanding Yourself. And it was a book about archetypes and um, those that sit within you and helps you understand how your archetypes might contrast people around you and so on and so forth and I was like this is crazy and you know there was like the warrior and the servant and I was like this oh, these dynamics cool. make a lot of sense yeah and these are what's been watered down to HR exactly. you're a green person exactly. you're a red person mm -hmm. like, oh, you're gosh. a choleric you're a yeah, sangry which kind of mm -hmm. sterilizes it and makes it almost something that you want to push away mm -hmm. from but this sounded ignited a passion then and I think up until that point, I hadn't found anything I was super excited by. Mm. Like, I, if you imagine me in high school, I think I spent most of my time, you know, like frothing over celebrities and being like, what would happen if we married a celebrity? Like, do you think we could like not go to school anymore? Wow, what would we do? Like, that was our minds. Just of course, like, as is most teenagers. <laughs> yeah, it's completely so like, reasonable. This is wild. I'm like, I feel like I am a warrior, but my mum's a servant. So I feel like we clash in that way because I am constantly wanting to compete and fight. And she wants to, you know, she wants to find the best case scenario. I'm like, there is no best case. There are winners and losers, mum. Which one are you? And she's like, if we can just, what can I do to make this easy? I'm like, no, I don't need help. Fascinating. <laughs> need so, how did that? Real life application, did you take that back and like take things to another level in, with your mum with a relationship, or was no. it just the beginning of your awakening? It was just the beginning of the yeah. awakening, and I, I re just remember feeling like this is what it must feel like to be in a cult because I was just trying to spread the good word. I was like, Have you heard about archetypes? <laughs> feel that, yeah. Everyone's like, No, and I was like, It's crazy. But at the time, I only had the print book. Sure. So I was like, well, I've got to return the book. How do I, look, how do I find this? Yeah. So when I was typing in archetypes, I came across the Myers-Briggs test. I'm like, this is great. Digital. Consent to everyone. Mm. Let's do it. So I'd spend all day just researching. And I think for a moment, I got stuck into the idea of just segmenting everyone and everything. Okay. So like, now I get everyone. Sure. Everybody's one dimensional. So but, uh, yeah, yeah, going too far. And then so I went you're too falling far. into the HR box giving kind exactly. of Exactly. And then I had to pull back. But that was definitely the beginning of it. And understanding that, you know, I think it kind of showed me that I could be an active participant in my own storyline as opposed to being like things happened to me this personality was given to me mm -hmm. I'm this way because my mum is this way and my dad is this way and my brothers always did this it's like oh no there are environments where this part of my personality might come forth and environments where I might you know be a little bit more docile because this is how I'm reacting to the stimulus mm. crazy mm -hmm. absurd and I mean to unlock that path so many people go through life without even whatever coming across mm -hmm. that let alone later in life but to unlock that power at such a young age is mm -hmm. awesome isn't it it's like, good, but it's also terrible because it made me feel so invincible yeah. and, like, I really understood things I had no idea about. Is that I just, good or bad? I mean, I feel – well, that coupled with the fact that I just – was such an ego-driven person, mm. very narcissistic, mm -hmm. very self-centered. Mm. 
it became me, 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 and me, 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 and how me sees you, not mm-hmm. how you are. Mm-hmm. So I think, yeah, coupled with feeling invincible, feeling like I just got everything and everyone, yeah. I feel as though it's very hard to get through to. Sure, sure. You know, just so many ideas. And because also I'm a very, like, big ideas person, yeah. no part of me was trying to discover nuance and how, you know, these things might differ per person. Fine. I just was like, I get it. Yeah. Nobody talked to me. I know yeah. what's going on. But that's that's so often the ego of the teenager as mm. well, isn't it? You've got quite a thick skin of your own opinion and you there's well, many different archetypes, mm. but one of them is, I know everything, I got this shit. Oh, yeah, that, yeah, it's not really, nah, not really for me. Not or really blah, important. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I know better than that kind of thing. So mm. when did you start to become more nuanced then? It sounds like, well, I know obviously that you've unlocked this next level. So mm. how, did, how did that come about? I... <laughs> I think it would be so when I dropped out of fashion business. Yeah, sorry. How long I, did you do that for? Oh, babes, months. Yeah, six. I don't know. Not good with timelines. Sure, six, sure, three, sure. nine. Yeah, not enough. Fair. <laughs> not enough to really learn anything. How did friends and family act? Um. Well, because I had jobs at the time, I was working, you know, two retail jobs and I was interning. So I had a lot of stuff on that oh, nobody wow. was concerned that I was just going to drop off and not do anything. You had plates in the air. You but it was more stuff, so yeah. like, can you focus that energy a little bit? If you're going to drop out of this, are you going to replace it? Are mm-hmm. you going to replace it with something that's going to be conducive to doing better? Or are you just wasting time? Interesting. What were you interning at? Uh, interning at a, it was kind of like a, like a, a fashion designer yeah okay. like a fashion brand again like how interested could I be I was like I like clothes but I don't want to manufacture clothes mm. anyway so I dropped out of that and then I started uh I went to a private college to do PR purely because I'd seen The Hills a reality TV show <laughs> yeah, and I was yeah, like this yeah. is great yeah <laughs> great building relationships Kelly Catrone she seems bold and alpha <laughs> I like her and that was really how I decided but so when I moved into PR mm. I yeah, wasn't really enjoying it, but I thought if I got an internship, it would teach me more about the actual job itself as opposed to the theory behind, you know, the discipline. Mm. So I, I got into this PR job and my boss at the time was just like the stereotype of an angry alpha bulldog businesswoman. Just everyone Everyone's for themselves. Kind of like, yeah, yeah, everyone for themselves. Everyone's out to get you. If you don't do the job, somebody will take it. Like, sure, you know, sure. emotions, no. Constantly looking for like the knife yeah, in her back, that kind of thing. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Everything's personal. Yeah. And in the job itself, she just, I think I'd been so used to people gratifying me constantly just for existing. You know, she's so charismatic. She's so fun. She dresses so loud. Mm. That being in this actual job and not having any skills and being reminded of that was so alarming. I was like, she's trying to bring me down. She doesn't see. And I was like, oh, maybe I just don't know what how to do this job. Anyway, so I remember this, this vivid time in that job where she was teaching me the gift of foresight. She was like, you are so concerned. Like your hubris moves, moves you. It guides you. You are so concerned with the outcome that you can't foresee that there is more than one outcome in any given situation. Mm-hmm. So, yes, you have tunnel vision, but there's so much more happening outside of your tunnel vision that you need to you know, be cognizant of. And I was like... I don't get Sorry, it. Say what? Yeah. Say <laughs> <Sorry>, what? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> I, was like, I don't really understand what you're saying. But then through then, her telling me this and me having to now Google, what's nuance? You know, like, what do you mean there? Are like, what's foresight? How am I meant to anticipate things that I don't know exist? You know, and then understanding that, okay, maybe because of your personality type, you're so future oriented that details aren't really your cup of tea. And then slowly but surely, I was like, oh, there are levels to being a complex narrative. I thought a complex narrative was just, you know, 
being, you know, an extrovert. Mm. As opposed to being an extrovert who might find that they don't necessarily find gratification from social situations, but do recharge when they're in them. You know, it's crazy. And I think also that coupled with being in environments where I was perceived to be a thought leader before I had any opinions about anything. So let's say 2014. What, five years ago, I was working in PR and had just started, you know, like building... I, I wasn't even like... I just had... It wasn't even DJing yet. I was just like promoting club events, just like building a profile. Small, small, small. But it was like is this side hustle stuff. Side this isn't hustle for stuff. the PR. Yeah, company. I was. Right. I had like had a jewelry brand. Then I was like doing notebooks. Then I was like here. Then I was like just a bunch of so stuff. Constantly, yeah, constantly, yeah. just like keeping busy, doing did, the busy work. To did feel you feel important. like? Did you feel like you were spreading yourself too thinly? Yeah, but I thought that was the marker of success. You know, like that's what you did when you were like getting stuff done. You just had no time. So highly strung. I've got so much on, you know, you poss- you couldn't possibly understand. I'm just an entrepreneur. <laughs> but I remember um, I was slowly starting to build a profile and that was like 2014 was just like what we call like cultural appropriation season. Like everybody was like, it's coming in. Yeah. What are your opinions? And mind you, I was born and raised in Australia and I didn't have any black friends. I had family. But so topics about nuance, about race and things just weren't, I wasn't, I didn't understand. I was yeah, like, yeah, I'm of just course. Well, you super Australian. You only know what you're surrounded with, right? Absolutely. You only know what you're So I to. remember like now people were coming to me and, and because I was just a, a loud and opinionated person yeah. asking me to decipher certain things for them or to give them advice sure. or to, you know, shed some light. And I was like, I just don't So many know. classic Dave Chappelle sketches yeah. and stuff like that. Hey Dave, what do you think about <laughs> And I was like, I don't know. I don't know. And so it was from there that I'm like, oh, you know, if you're going to, if you are going to, live your life being this authoritative person you have to be mindful of the information that you're sharing and also know that if you're going to set yourself up as an information sharer people will now request certain bits of information from you and do you have the range to answer those questions mm. google let me tell you yeah it's all in there yeah it's all there so that's when you hit the the online books hard yeah it was Where'd you go first? Just my well, seven habits of highly effective people. The power of quiet. Like just the you know the barefoot investor. Everything that everyone says to read. And you know, granted, those books make sense for somebody in that demo. Like if you were going to be a thirty-five-year-old, you know white male who's navigated the corporate works like you know work environment you understand where you want to go and where you want to be but mm, mm. as a 20 what like a 21 two year old I was like I don't really understand how mm. these habits are going to affect me right now in the club mm. you know what mm. I mean like how does that translate so just a lot of understanding that if I because I, I like the feeling of being perceived as an authority but I needed to <laughs> to rise to the occasion. You wanted to make sure you had the stuff to back it up. Absolutely. Sure, sure. Only because I was really cognizant of being held to my word as well. Like yeah. things that I was saying in, in passing were just coming back up, you know, yeah. or, you totally. know, I, I, I... It's that politician's or, bug, isn't it? Yes. Like, you know. Or even the perception of me. I, I remember I used to write in all capitals on Instagram. Didn't think much of it. A friend of mine did it. I thought it was funny. Started doing it. Somebody had written in an article about me that I was writing in all capitals to carve space out for myself as a black woman in a white dominated creative industry. Wow. How did those dots connect? Well, this is art, isn't it? As soon as it's up there, <laughs> subjective, right? Writing Everyone interprets differently. I thought you know, it was oh, a she's laugh. using regular letters. Maybe that's because she feels oppressed yeah, and small exactly. in the space. Yeah, exactly. 
could you imagine? Yeah. Ridiculous. Like, so if, if I've got to They've be got mindful, a deadline to film, mate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They've got those words to get out. You know, you've got, I've got to be mindful of the perception of me and also what I'm saying, how I'm interpreting, if I'm, you know, the, the intonation, you know, mm. how aggressive or how animated I am, all of these things. Mm. And that's separate to the actual quality of what I'm... Crazy. Madness. So you were scooping around the internet drinking in mm-hmm. all this information deciphering and then basically splicing chopping and choosing yeah. what made sense in your reality mm-hmm. at that time as a young 21 year old making a name for herself yep. in PR club promoting etc mm-hmm. etc et and you've got so many hustles mate so you've got your podcast going on now two of them maybe three yeah do you two. got two you got two and then it, obviously your DJing skills so mm-hmm. you've been around since 2015 properly on the scene that's yeah. what, according to your uh, website yeah legit yeah mm-hmm. and then uh, your writing we were just chatting a bit off mic yeah. about how you're knocking out these books and stuff so take me back so promoting you got into mm. that you when did your love of music start so I don't love music really yeah so that it, that's so interesting <laughs> so that is like People an entrepreneurial venture <laughs> yeah. like that's an entrepreneurial venture for mm. you I mean I started out DJing yeah Okay, well, I start with the club promoting. It was like a natural progression kind of thing, or I don't. Mm, I don't okay, so if you can imagine, when I was in PR, yeah. I was in this environment where I was building skills, but yeah. I didn't really want to do the job because I hadn't picked it with any, you know, real intention in mind. Just it looked cool on reality TV, which we know is a lie. Mm, mm. <laughs> so I was doing the job. I was feeling um, just berated and belittled, and like I had. Uh, just I was tied my self-worth into my job performance so when I wasn't excelling I wasn't feeling well but as a junior you were never going to excel you know like the first two three years the job are going to be just learning exactly and that's what I couldn't connect I was like I am not I'm like now a worthless person so I thought let me just distract myself from the monotony of my day job and just get another hobby and at the time I was going out a lot, but I wasn't drinking because I don't like the taste of alcohol mm-hmm. and I hadn't discovered drugs yet. So I was like, I want to go to the club, mm. but I'm just not having as good of a time as everybody else. Mm. So I thought, how can I be at the club and get paid to do it? Because I was just very money oriented at the time. So I thought I'd become a door bitch. And at the time, serendipitously, coincidentally, I don't believe in coincidences, but I don't know what a better word is. Anyway, this new club night had come through and it was like an alternate club night for like internet kids who like Tumblr. And I was like, can I be a door girl? And they were like, no. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> and it normally then, works like that. Kind of, yeah, come like, on. This is how it's worked in the past. Yeah. You just got to ask. And then people <laughs> yeah. usually say yes. Um, so they said no. But then a couple of weeks later, I'd met them at an event of this underground producer. And they were like, oh, we didn't think you were that cool. Yeah, but now nice. you're at the event. We know that like, you're cool. Boom, so you can come hang. And I was like, done. Yeah. Amazing. Love it. Started being a door girl at this club in King's Cross. And it was just like the funnest job. You this just, like, thing, King's Cross was popping as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so I was just like young, fresh, just like cackling at the door, being like, come in, like, yeah. come in, everyone, come in. Like, it's $10. No, it's $20. Ah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it was just so much fun. But obviously, all the fun was upstairs. Yeah. I was out, out, downstairs, outside sure. of the fun. Not what I wanted to do. Sure, sure, Not the sure. plan. So I, I remember t- asking these guys they wanted me to do their PR because I was like let me just get another job out of this it'll be great and they were like what's PR and I was like who knows let's talk about your business practice they were paying for DJs to be in the club from nine to midnight but nobody was there because it's nine to midnight yeah so I was like well why don't you just do it yourself and they're like oh like we're not really like it's not what we do like we make music we don't want to like DJ and I was like I'll do it and they're like can you DJ and I was like well technically no but if I learn can I do it and they're like yeah sure Sick. So learning it was a mixture of YouTube, 
my brother used to be a producer, so he taught me basics, but turns out I don't like to be taught by authority figures in my life. So I was like, you can't teach me. I'm a big girl. Yeah. So then I went back to the internet and then just practiced in the club before my shift. And then because I had been like promoting and like dressing, you know, flamboyantly, it kind of made sense for everyone. And so they propelled me. Everyone's like, you're a DJ now. And I was like, I'm oh, a DJ also, now. What, the club staff? They the got behind clubs, you. Yeah. people on the internet, they're like, you DJ, you're a DJ now. I was like, yeah, I'm... I'm a DJ. Yeah, 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 I am. Yeah, yeah. this is the thing. I'm a DJ. And no class. part of me really thought I could transition it to a full, full-time job because the DJs I knew were getting paid in Coke and drink cards. Yeah. You know, like that wasn't sustainable. Totally. That's not going to pay your bills. Not at all. Um, but it was, <laughs> I was quickly made aware of like the positive connotations of being a DJ and mm. being in a creative industry and how people were just like rewarding me or like, uh, like, t- like, titling me with you know she's creative and she's a visionary and she's skills and wow. she's got you know she's multidisciplinary and she's got this and that and so on and so forth heaps of praise she's coming on there and i was just like hanging out yeah. at a party with my friends playing music terribly for the first two years i swear nobody told me yeah. but that was just it so when and so that transition into full-time DJing it wasn't because I was like this is now my passion realized it was because I was literally doing 30 hours on top of a 38 hour work week so just like going to gigs after work and I was like well why don't I just switch like switch jobs yeah right boom and that was it. it transition time absolutely and it I, it sounds like it was really easy, but at the time there was no thought involved. It wasn't as strategic as I would have liked it to be. Mm. Like I would, like I saw the vision mm. and then I was like, so on and so forth. I was like, I just don't want to be working 60 hours a week yeah. and this current job does not fulfill me. And DJing, like look at all this clout you get just from like playing a few tracks. And if you could imagine the amount of people who were re- like rewarding me for this gift I had who had never seen me play ever mm. who had just like gotten the vision from Instagram I'm like yep yeah, this this works mm. I was like 2015 is incredible you know wow. and that's how that happened so that's incredible but it like you yeah sure like you say you didn't like fully predict it but mm. you created that space you opened that door for yourself yeah you know? it's asking those questions that mm-hmm. a lot of people don't have the initiative or not foresight but just that inquisitiveness you're mm-hmm. like all right sweet I'm here now I could be over there. Oh, okay, all right. Let's ask. Absolutely. And opening that. Which you kind of wonder, is that like an abundant thinking or just entitlement? Because alternatively, if I get messages from people who are saying, oh, my friends say I'm really charismatic. I want to work at insert, you know, TV production. Mm. You're like, it's not really how it works. And I'm like, Mm. but it's kind of how it worked for me. You know, that's exactly what I did. I didn't go in somebody's DMs, but I definitely went to, you know, a TV production place. And I was like, hey, like, I want to do this. Can I do this? You create all, this comes back to one of uh, key things that surrounds you, in my opinion, is like manifesting, right? Mm -hmm. Having that certainty, that belief, that vision. So is that something that you drew from your early readings and then your Google research Mm. around these kind of things? Well, yeah, very quickly when I discovered the whole self-development train, I got pushed into the secret like yeah. Oprah was peddling it everyone loved it lived love whatever yeah. um, so when I started reading it it was very like religious centric and growing up religious and not going to church anymore I was like oh so triggering yeah. and I don't really know yeah. if God got me but like you know just in case yeah. um, you know we're, we're here together God um, so reading that I was like it doesn't really make any sense but principally I do understand that if you believe things to be true mm-hmm then you believe them to be true. I think about all these scenarios that I would have in my head. You know, let's say like 
you know, your friend's acting weird and in your head you have now conjured up reasons as to why they're behaving weird and before you know it, you believe that's the reason why they're acting totally, weird. Totally. So I'm like, if, that's, if that could work, why couldn't this alternative thing work? So I hadn't really tried manifesting out properly until the TV thing and I was like, let's do this. Let's see if I start telling people that I have, you know, abilities in this TV sphere, if I start presenting myself as somebody who has a platform and a profile, if I start publishing as though I already have a presence maybe you know I will attain this thing um and so I did that but then I realized from research and that wasn't actually what manifesting is and I just like read a blurb and not really like really understood the concept yeah so manifesting as it says on the internet is like willing things into your life both positive and negative through you know wanting and and um attracting the mind's a magnet yeah your mind's a magnet absolutely but my strategy was way more action-based. I just kept doing things. Well, I think your mind's a magnet is the first stage, right? Oh, the first step. And then, uh, so I think it's like, yeah, get that absolute certainty mm-hmm. to kickstart this kind of circle and then massive action. Yeah. And you've you've just hop, skipped and a jump straight through to that. Absolutely. So. But so you kind of, so when I, after in retrospect, when I was like, okay, how does one manifest? In my head, it's just belief, intent and action. So if you really believe it, if you intend to do it as planned, mm-hmm. if this is really the thing you want, then the action is the easiest bit. Yeah. I think belief is the hardest bit and that's why manifesting just like, quote unquote, does not work for a lot of people mm. because you were trying to skip steps. If you don't fundamentally believe that you have the way or the will, yeah. then action's going to be terrible. But it's going to be limp-wristed at best, isn't it? And Absolutely. then it will fall on its face and then you'll get, and rather than uh, certainty and reassurance from that, it will be negative and then the cycle spirals down mm. to inaction essentially at the end of the day. Exactly. So how the hell do you get that belief and certainty? I'm going to be that person who thanks my mom. She yeah. really did plant a lot of like ego into me. And I don't even think she meant to do it, um, you know, in uh, in a conscious way. Mm-hmm. But I just remember times in which she just didn't allow me to feel insecure, even when I wanted to. So, you know, things like I remember, remember when I was who knows, like an, a teenager. And I really wanted braces. I was like, mom, everybody, like nobody has a gap tooth. I don't know anybody who has a gap tooth. You just go to the dentist, get some braces. I'll pay for it myself. And she's like, no, I think it's really great. And she, I'm like, you don't understand, mom. She's like, I don't really, I don't really see what you're talking about. Just would not give me the time of day. Just had, you know, I don't even know if it was intentional. She's like, I don't really see what you're talking about. Just would almost like denounce all of my feelings of insecurity, yeah. which for the wrong person would make them more insecure. But I was like, okay, I shouldn't see it then. Maybe she's right. I don't know. So she, I remember she said to me, one day you'll look at your teeth and you won't even mind. Like you won't even think about it. Totally. And I was like, okay, like when's that? She's like, I don't know, wait till like two, three years. Yeah. And I was like, okay, I can do that. Two, three years, whatever. Yeah, really. Anyway, cool. I had forgotten about it. I remember one time she uh, she came home and said, I'm going to go to the, the dentist. I'm going to do something to my teeth. And I was like, okay, cool. She goes to the dentist, gets a gap put into her tooth. No. Legit. Like gets a gap put into way. her two front teeth. And she was like, I told you, I Sick. like it. And, and like whether or not that was conscious or that was her proving a point or she really did like the gap. Yeah. It was things like that, that happened all throughout my life. She would just gas me up so hard yeah. and really force me to see things or to see myself in the way that she saw me. You know, like phrases like, you know, if somebody's mean to you, they're probably just jealous. That's not your problem. Like, it's okay. Just go be nice to people. Kill them with kindness. You know, don't be resentful. That's okay. You know, are you feeling sad? What's that about? 
like you know Unreal, <laughs> or if yeah. I or if I if I hurt myself and I want if I fell over and I wanted to waddle she would just say this thing to me in um tree which is the language we speak at home mm-hmm. just be like you deserved it like things happen to people all the time you just deserved it and like when a good thing ha- happens to you you'll deserve that as well it's fine wow so just this like she kind of reminded me that just like there was nothing serious happening like it's all fine like you're gorgeous you're smart like you know you're entitled you're worthy you can have all these things it's fine and so having that baseline Mm. just made Mm. being confident or believing myself easy and I didn't even think I was cognizant of what it was to be insecure until I got to an age of like 17 18 where people were reminding me ways in which i should be insecure like oh like you know how like aren't you like scared to draw attention to yourself you're so much bigger than girls your age or like mm. oh you know like what's people it like projecting being, their own yeah, fears being onto black you. in australia don't yeah. you feel like everybody's racist to you and i was like i don't know i wasn't like i thought it was chill like all i was thinking about was like how to you know go to a fallout boy concert and get you know pete wentz to notice me like that was my problem yeah. not just like so i was it got to a point where I was like, oh, people want me to be insecure so badly. I'm like, that's what the rest of you do. I don't want to do that. Yeah. That sucks. So that was the baseline of belief. So if you don't have a mum like mine, it's going to be a lot harder. And I get it because so many things in this world will remind you that you just can't have the things you want. Mm. Life's not made that way. Mm. Some people are just lucky and capable and um, and magnets for goodness. And other people have to work double as hard. Like it's not it. And you could say it's privilege or you could say it's, you know, circumstances circumstance or it's random as some people believe but yeah i get it but that is the first step and it's the biggest hurdle huge and it's the one i have to be really mindful of not trying to gloss over a lot because Mm. um interacting with people on a day-to-day basis i'm like oh you really do not like yourself Mm. like you really don't think you're worthy you really Mm. think you deserve to be treated the way you're treated i can't help you with that like we're not even on the same page you really do think that glass is half empty like if even if a glass had a quarter of a, like if it was one fourth of the way full, I would anticipate more liquid coming. Somebody would bring it to me. I'd go get it. Like it's coming, you know? And if you don't think that way, then we're not even on the same page. Yeah, totally. It's like you've got the John Lennon positive tint. Do you feel like in life that you're going around like the big buzzword or one of the many in self-development is like limiting beliefs, right? Mm. So do you feel like you're going around wearing x-ray glasses and you can see when you interact with people their own limiting beliefs and you're like, oh, babe, I wish... I, you know, and I like wish I could help that you. Magic, it's, ma- magic wand. It, it, it's a game changer. But I do think that as well. But I mean, if you haven't had the little wins that snowball you into thinking that life is one big win, then of course, the limiting mm. beliefs are your life. Yeah. They're realistic. That's you've been, yeah, that's been what you've been through so far. So I get it. But it's, it's just, all about jumping on that horse and kickstarting yeah, this train, and right? Crazier things have happened. Like, yeah. look at the world we live in. Like, planes can fly, boats can flow. Yeah. Like, Animals are out here being animals. You yes, know, there were insane. dinosaurs that yeah. once existed that don't exist anymore. Like crazy things have happened yeah. than whatever you're aspiring to do. Yeah. You real know? Talk. Yeah, real talk. And that you've like I think we we're close enough to enough success stories of that person who had a hundred dollars and has a multi-million dollar empire that you know that crazy things are your portion if you really want them hard enough. Mm. But again, it's this limiting idea of trying to tie yourself to these weird parameters of of self and being you know and i understand you know like yeah you really can't have all the things you want but hypoth like alternatively if you could and if you tried what would that look like yeah wealth's a mindset right so many people confuse wealth with Mm. being monetary value absolutely starts from within Mm. and if you think from that abundance then 
It's a game changer. You've mm. got that solid bedrock, that foundation. And talking yeah. of which, you are helping people, right? You've got your yeah. self-improvement Look card game. This narcissistic girl helping. Hells yeah. Too <laughs> right. Yeah. How did this card game come about? <laughs> In spite. Yeah. It really did. I was so sick of people asking me how to... It was the question of how do I think more like you? Like, sure. I, how it's do the kind I, of take a photo, it will last longer, make a fucking board game, play it on your you own. Do, you know, yeah, yeah. like I want to, like I want to be more articulate. Mm. I want to develop my worldview. Like, t- why don't you tell me? And people looking super, for that golden bullet. That's yeah, the thing. it was super flattering at the time, but uh, the more I got it, I'm like, this feels like a backhanded compliment. Where you assume that this knowledge that I have acquired didn't just take me, just like. <laughs> you know yeah you can doll it out in like yeah, a paragraph you know oh babe come here listen read up. this one book boom and you like change see you later page 85 really did it for me and like definitely when I got to page 400 when boom. Ah, magic happened yeah totally it's like no and, I, and but again I thought uh, you know um, perhaps it's if it's someone my age who's asking so someone who's like between the age of like 20 and like 27 or 8 or something I've got to assume that you're not coming from a bad place. Not everybody is an enemy of mine, and not not everybody is coming at me, coming at me. Sorry, with the intent to, you know, criticize or insult me with these backhanded compliments. Maybe no. it's just a simple query. Yeah, you totally. Know? Well, I think sadly we live in the day and age of instant gratification, mm-hmm. right? Whether it be through any of the social medias or just the very fact that we can type in whatever search term we want into Google and we'll get an instant and yet answer, do right? Not. And people get people get lazy. People expect life to happen for them um, and happen well that is a good mindset to have but with massive action on your part right mm-hmm. so people are oh, searching and that's part that's the negative side in my eyes at least of the self-development boom and these life coaches mm. and gurus preaching you go to a seminar and you think yeah sorted you know that kind of vibe and then mm. people are looking for that golden bullet that handout yeah. and then surprise surprise when you you told these words of wisdom and then you go back to your daily life and you're like, oh shit, it, maybe it didn't work. But oh, that's mm. a con artist or yeah. this is bullshit. Damn. Totally, yeah. So. But it's, it's, it's telling people to keep the same energy. Like the time it takes for you to formulate, you know, a cute message to me about how you want to understand what it is to critically think, you could have just Googled it. Yeah. Yeah. By the time I construct, you know, a really simple, concise, straight to the point message that, you know, really takes, takes into consideration, you know, how much knowledge you have or how intelligent you are and then make, it, it's too much. Yeah. Like none of us are winning at this. So when I made the card game, I thought to myself, what's a simple way for me to obviously, com- like, obviously communicate to people that my time has value. And although we are here building this community, I'm not... I don't work for you. Yeah. So now there needs to be an exchange. Like you need to like invest in your own intelligence because I can't pick up the slack for you because you don't want to. So part of me was like, how to make it worth my while? Obviously feeling very entrepreneurial and being like, what is a great way for me to benefit, Mm -hmm. benefit from this in a way that actually helps because recognition from strangers on the internet gets old. Once you realize that, like people aren't even seeing you as a person, just a yeah. figment, a character in their in their storylines, yeah, a, a figment of their imagination. Yeah. Yeah. So it was very simple, and it was just a matter of like, what are some questions that helped me understand myself and the people around me? What's a really engaging way to communicate this to people? Okay, found a designer, print it, like get it out. It was mm. very simple, and it's my simplest ideas that have been the most rewarding mm. because they were just <laughs> they're just not complicated. Like it, it's it's that natural want to just put it out there and get a response that just gets the ideas going it's been incredible it's also really illuminated to me that people don't take the time to think 
about themselves. Well, again, this is a testament to now. Everything's so like your phone, first people, like 90% of people check their phone mm -hmm. first thing in the morning, right? You're bombarded by notifications from every fucking corner of the globe and people don't have time. Well, that's, mm. a, that's a lie. People don't make time yeah. to step back, take that moment of silence and think about, all right, this is where I am in my life, in my personal life, in my emotional life, my physical body, whatever it may be. And then to set, not necessarily to set goals, but just be cognizant of it and then move forward in a conscious way rather than like getting just thrown along in this kind of tsunami of information. Then before you know it, you look up and it's like been four years and you're like, oh shit, where did that go? But you're trapped in your body. Like yeah. you are you're plagued with your mind's thoughts at all times. Yeah. You can't escape it. So the fact that very few people have thought, okay, how do I make this thing work better for me? Mm. How do I sort mm. of understand how I process things mm. so I'm not bogged down by it? I mean, simple. I guess it also started from like people were asking me questions they should ask people on dates to get to know them and to communicate themselves better. I'm like, these are questions you should ask yourself. Like, you know, if I would ask you, Sam, how mm. do you express anger? How do I express anger? Um, I probably hunch my shoulders mm -hmm. and get quiet. Exactly. Mm. And that's super interesting because, you know, if you were to ask me, well, how do you perceive me to express anger? Just by knowing me, you've probably never seen me angry before, mm. but what would you imagine? Loud mm -hmm. and gesticulate. Yeah. Flinging your arms around. I'm cold. cold. Quiet. I'll oh. be in a room. Yeah. Calculating. So spiteful. Yeah. Yeah. Who would have thought? And that says so much more about you and I as people yeah. than... I don't know, feeling like what? what's your favourite song right now? Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, it's yeah, so yeah, interesting. Yeah. And so understanding... The patterns, right? And then you break those patterns. That's Absolutely. Um, and so understanding that people hadn't done like that little bit of self-analysis. It's like, well, there's so many questions you could ask yourself. There are tons, you know, like, you know, how are you funny about money? You know, how do you... Um, you know, why are you scared to be vulnerable? When's the last time you cried? Mm. What would make you feel happiest right now? If you could improve your day just in the tiniest way, what would you do and why haven't you done it? Yeah. These are all things that improve your life by tenfold and require nothing. Yeah. Just a moment to think about yourself in a way that's, I don't know, like, it's just, it's almost like, because people do think about themselves. That's a lie. People think about themselves all the time, but in a way that is constructive. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, know? yeah. 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 Just understanding how your brain works. Like, how do how does your brain recognize patterns? How does your brain recognize habits, insecurities, threats? You know, as soon as I realize your brain can't tell the difference between you know reality and an imagined reality. Could you imagine? Yeah. Well, you We're can. We're all such and then that's dummies. Yeah. Like, if my own brain can't tell the difference between what I fantasize about, yeah. you know, in a quiet moment versus what this moment right here. Yeah. It's that's insane. Yeah, it's mad. That gives you to like. Did it happen if I can't remember it? All that kind of vibe. Absolutely. And that's why I also don't... I, I was telling my friend, I don't feel tied to past versions of myself or anything I felt strongly about. And I quite welcome... Not not necessarily not necessarily hypocrisy, but hypocrisy if it's a conduit to growth. Mm -hmm. Because if I can't recall things I said before and I can't tie myself to old versions of myself, then I've like progress is infinite. Totally. I just keep growing and evolving and learning. That shit's crazy. Yeah, real talk. And I think that's something again in, in the political sphere, mm -hmm. people grow, you know, people change but, and then you'll have classic like clickbait articles or journalists looking for like some reaction pulling up tweet or whatever it may be from 10 years ago from that person so holding redundant. it up like oh my god and then that will kill a campaign of someone that could be perfect for that role mm -hmm. but like that kind of thing so that's again a mindset that 
just, I don't know, not tall poppy syndrome, but we just need to move past that and acknowledge that people grow, right? Mm. They need to foster that rather than cut it down. Well, it's understand yeah. that everybody's worthy of re- like rehabilitation. Totally, yeah. You know, there's all this nuance for why people, you know, are the way they are when it's a positive thing. Like, this person's so kind and patient because blah, blah, blah. It's like, well, why is this person triggered and scared all the time? I think that deserves, a, you know, a bit of chat. But I also feel as though people are too scared to address the conversations around rehabilitation because it calls into question their own actions mm. and nobody wants to work, no. you know, nobody wants to work harder than they have to, mm. you know, it's like, Oh, I, and I think, how do you define work though? Right. So it's, everyone wants to be loved, mm-hmm. I suppose. And everyone wants to feel like they're enough and it's how you derive that. So if mm. some people, like you say, tie that, like you in your earlier life, tie that to, to their work, work yeah. and their, their output or how they get recognition and gratification from mm. other people and stuff like that. So it's all recognising that. Yeah, it's all the busy work though. Yeah. I mean, if, you, if somebody had told you, you know, you could have instant gratification from a task you, that took you 30 minutes yeah. or do one that takes you 30 hours to be set for life. Yeah. And everyone's like, oh, 30 minute one, I want that now. And it's like, I get that, that's fun too, but... You got to be in your body for a long time. You got to be in your mind for right? a long time. Like, yeah. mm. and it's not even like from a preachy, you know, perspective. Like, what can you do today to change your like life forever? But you know, like, there are ways in which your life could be improved by making such minor changes one just understanding who you are and why you are the way you are i mean Mm. that's helpful Mm. and not even the narrative you tell people and yourself like oh no i grew up in a single parent home so like i've already always had a weird relationship towards no like you why you are the way you are like this shadow self the person that you think you want to hide from people because they won't like it. Like, what's that about? Let's unpack that. And that's why I think we're in this age of people like rushing towards alternate forms of spirituality because it mm. encourages you to, to look deeper than you have been allowed to previously. Mm. Like, mm. oh, like I'm an Aries. Great. What does that mean? Oh, I can be introspective. Yeah, I can it's learn. like a side door unpack. into, yeah. Yeah self-awareness because the, the average person who's like dabbled into astrology isn't going to go hard to be like no it's real i've read the science no you haven't yeah. so it's almost like take that same energy and apply it to something that's science based so at least if you are going to be i mean astrology is big whatever mm. but so at least if you're going to be called out into question about why you believe the things you do you can say oh i learned about homeostatic impulses and it's a thing that registers patterns in our brain it's the reason why you know it's easy to get negative thought patterns on rotation because my brains recognize that i'm anxious and all i do is think like these are things mm, yeah no man so uh i, I want to stomp this onto the timeline in a mm. bit but of course we're in the perfect space to chat about your podcast yeah. so we've got two mm-hmm. we've got overshare and then we've also got bobo and flex oh, cool 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 so how did these come about um well when i got into so self-development was like an ongoing thing but critical yeah. thinking was one that really called into question my like my personal politics my identity politics um the way i viewed relationships career and everything that that changed everything philosophy changed mm. everything so uh, i kind of felt quite isolated because naturally when i was explaining these concepts to my audience mm-hmm. Um, audience being my Instagram audience it wasn't as though I was having constructive conversation because I was bringing new concepts to people who had never heard them before you felt like you were soapboxing a bit yeah and I was like well I I want someone to help me understand them better I want to have you know like some some discussion a peer I don't want to be a teacher and have a student dynamic I want a peer-to-peer relationship yeah the role of mentors and stuff like that exactly and so I remember I was going to New York for work and a follower 
of Bobo, like an uh, Instagram follower had messaged her and said, oh, this girl speaks about similar topics um, that you do on Instagram. Maybe you'd want to meet her. So Bobo just messaged me and I was feeling like, you know, social. I was like, I can hang out with this stranger in New York. What else am I doing? So she asked to interview me for her YouTube Mm -hmm. and we had this just a great discussion where you know we were talking about things like cancel culture and discussing how rehabilitation is super important and we were talking about how you know the weird ways in which capitalism manifests into our self-worth and we were talking about you know free will and determinism and all these topics I just felt so understood and but obviously it was such like it was an interview it wasn't really a friendship so and she lived in New York what was I meant to do with that so we had said no we should do something and we never did the something until six months later and I was like we should do that something and she's like what's the something and I was like I know like what do you want to do she's like let's do a YouTube and I was like I don't want to do or like if there's too much production work I'm totally. not going to do it like I'm uh, and it seems like quite game lazy the cards, it's MVP yeah. right it's getting that product out the out. door what's the least that yeah. you can do to get something out into the world High, like minimum effort maximum reward yeah. not you and she's like okay what about a podcast I'm like I've never done a podcast she's like I have and so we just that like I think the next day we just recorded the podcast and then we awesome. just put out the episode. Yeah. Audio is terrible yeah. you know like it's just Oh mate who cares it's a conversation. Yeah. No that's it. <laughs> And so that's what we did. And I didn't realise that I... Well, obviously... Well, yeah, I don't think I realised that I was just such a taboo uh, speaker. There were things that I just didn't feel uncomfortable speaking about that everybody was like, oh, mm. that's You feel that's bums touchy. clenching. Like, yeah, and I was like, I don't... So remember <laughs> in one episode we talked about, you know, the concept of free will. Then we were talking about ass eating. And then we were talking about, you know, whether or not monogamy is an outdated, you know, concept. And then we were talking about, you know how important like how important are family dynamics and like do you actually love your family what does it mean to not and I was like these feel fun everyone's like oh my goodness I would never say these things yeah. and I was like well I feel quite comfortable because it encourages those who interact with me to also share totally and yeah. I have a preoccupation with people withholding I don't know what it is I feel like if I feel like someone's keeping a secret I'm out I'm like I can't do it mm. um so you naturally been genuine fully yeah, sharing themselves I think there's being a, honest. Yeah. absolutely and I feel like there was a big point there was a point in my life where I was just like playing a caricature of myself and nobody could tell. And I was like, felt so alone, but then so, <laughs> so accomplished at the same time. Mm. So I feel like I'm just trying to escape that feeling. I don't want to interact with people who are putting on a caricature. I like just mm. engage with me as you are or don't at all. I don't yeah. mind. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. So like having this platform where both of us were quite happy to just be candid and be really honest and raw and to, you know, Speak in wild generalizations and not be fearful of, you know, the consequence of that. And then the next episode be like, you know, we had a thought about that. We did some research and now we take it back. It was freeing just to have have that platform. And then I think it was I would say it's the first thing I've ever done that's resonated. That's it's the easiest thing I've ever done in terms of work output. And it's resonated with so many people. And I've not done anything but be myself. Yeah. I've never done that. That's the formula, right? Who would have thought? Yeah. I've always just been out here playing a part, the part that's most comfortable for everyone to consume, you know, just to get it over the line. You know, I can mm. be sassier. I can be, you know, more charming, more witty. I can be rude. I can be mean. I can be bold. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I, or I could just be myself. Yeah. And it's great. And What a freeing realisation. Honestly. And then it's like, you know, to have the podcast for like, what is it? Six months, you know, more than a million listens. He's like, where were you people? When I was just on Instagram being like, where are my people? You're all here. Um, But it 
just occurred to me that everyone just wants to know they're not doing it first. I don't mind being, I don't have any shame really. I don't mind being the first, the first to do it, the dumb one to put my hand up and be like, I don't really understand. And I think everybody wants to be invited into that conversation. And the podcast does that for people, you know, and it invites them into a discussion that they wouldn't be in naturally. And then you just take it out into your world and you do that. So it's, Awesome. Yeah. Just want to do more of it. Totally. And it's so important with thought leaders, influencers, Mm. famous people, etc. When you have when you're kind of a lightning rod for people's attention to use that, like there's the the old Spider Man adage Mm. of with great power comes great responsibility. If you can step forward in a way that empowers people to and you know, look at their their selves, share their own story, be more real with themselves Mm. and be more genuine, then fucking awesome, right? Absolutely. And it's almost like removing yourself or detaching yourself from the narrative of what empowerment looks like. Because there is this like commodification of like being real and like sharing your trauma and like sharing your mental health. And that's of me crying. But I still look sexy. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Sort of me crying and Mm -hmm. like all you know the like the thirst trap shot with like a really empowering caption about and it's like we're all role playing. Like mm. we publish and we we publish with a narrative in mind. We're trying to push an ag- we're totally. always trying to push an agenda even when we think we're not. Yeah. And so for me, the whole empowerment thing um was really nice when I realized, oh, I'm just I'm just doing me. And I think if everyone just did, did a little bit more of that, it'd be great cuz the last thing I want to hear is someone say, I couldn't do that because, or like, I shouldn't say that because it's like, oh, you could like, nobody really cares about you that much to hold you to standards that you haven't set for yourself. Yeah. It's not that deep. Yeah. Real talk, real talk. The world mm. will keep turning. The world, honestly, Don't like stress. your seat won't get cold. The world will keep turning. Your name will be forgotten. Like people can barely like, have you ever thought about conjuring up like the face of someone, you know, well, like your best friend, your parent. Yeah. It's hard. Yeah. Can't even do that. And you think <laughs> someone's thinking about you long term? Yeah. No, babes. <laughs> yeah. So true. And when you remember that, it's humbling, right? You're like, honestly, oh shit. Cause so often what in whatever space you're in, you could get like trapped or you'd be like, oh, I am the fucking business. I'm the most important thing in the world. What if I do this? Well, this, and then done. Oh, look, just look at news cycles. Like even yeah. if bloody president or prime minister of any country, they can be on the coals one day and then like, Two weeks later, or you know, the next prime minister or president forgot about it. Forget so about freeing, it. So freeing, ride the wave. Yeah. Like enjoy yourself, and also, it's almost like understand the contrast between yeah, knowing that you are the center of your own world, but outside of your head, mm. there's a world far greater than you that does not care. Mm. So ride that wave, enjoy yourself. That's what. And like, if, if we're gonna, if we fast forward to now, the timeline of this or the chapter of this life is just like enjoying myself managing my own expectations being reckless and understand that the world is actually ending even if it ends in 150 years like could you imagine how sad will it be when the earth ceases to exist yeah what if i don't get another chance to live again yeah trash yeah right Burnt through maybe a quarter of my life maybe more yeah sad real sad real sad time stamp that podcast for me when was that when did you do that so One you were day. DJing, so building DJing, up 2015. 2015, then became an MTV presenter. As one does. Quick, quick yeah. little sideline on that. 2016. How does one become that? Still, uh, well, they were doing a profile on me, um, like an, uh, MTV. Oh. Like an, like an It Girls, like a cool mm-hmm. girl does things. Yeah. As one does. Yeah. Um, then the person who was producing that was a freelancer and then they quit. So it fell through. Mm. So then I emailed MTV and said, do you need presenters? And they were like, funny, we need someone with music knowledge to be presenter. 
Boom. How serendipitous that yeah. I, me, am a DJ. Yeah. And potentially has presenting skills. Mm. They said, let's find out. Do you have anything you want to send through, like a showreel? I lied and said it's in it's in the works. But up until then, I could come in and do a screen test. Yeah. Then I went in, and then I don't think it was very good because I. Everybody knows that like being able to speak to people and then translating that charisma into a script or, you know, a structured environment is yeah. really the same thing. Yeah. But I think I was good enough. Yeah, totally. <laughs> and, but then also at the time I had a full time job and it didn't occur to me that also MTV would be would operate during work hours. So yeah. I couldn't really oh, do snap. it. So you were like, sweet. Got oh, the job, but then ah, yeah. can't do There's the that job. Other thing, yeah. So it worked well when I quit the full time job, and that was and PR. Then, yeah, yeah, that was sweet. PR. And so that went media. seamlessly then. So you're DJ by night, presenter kind by of. day, kind of vibe. But I mean, presenting news takes mm. an hour of your day. Yeah. So quitting a whole job, yeah, <laughs> to go maybe DJ at night and then work for an hour wasn't really the smartest thing I've ever done, but it paid off. Yeah. And then from there, it was a lot of profile building. I think. And this is what you were doing in. In that time that you weren't Absolutely. doing those jobs, right? So, like I said before, it was. Um, is this social media based? What is it, when yeah, you say social profile media building? profile building. So, really, like, uh, I guess I wanted to transition my internet presence from Lil, mm. everybody's friend, mm -hmm. to flex a business and brand. And yeah. what does that look like? Is that when that shift happened? Were you called Lillian before then? Or were you identifying? I was flex on an Instagram handle flex? and then DJ name. But it was like, it, it was like Lil's username is flex. Got, you know, yeah. it wasn't Fine. like. So people knew you was Yeah, it was, it was a, it was, I don't know if it was a really considered change, but it's the difference between someone posting a picture of their birthday and be like, I'm just having the best fun versus yeah. like, here I am in a great outfit. I'm doing sure. this great thing. Like, so let's Beyonce, get this. Beyonce, Sasha Fierce kind of switch. Absolutely. Fine. And so I think I needed to like really full throttle it. So everyone knew like a change is happening mm. and you got to get on board. Like, mm. this is how we interact on that platform. Very disingenuous, but I mean. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well. Needed to be done. Of, yeah, building the brand, <laughs> didn't it? Yeah. Needed to be done. So for the next, between like 27, 16, 17 and 18, mm -hmm. that was a lot of like pitching myself to publications, trying to get interviews, using the skills I'd learned in PR to, you know, get in front of brands and understand how paid work was going to happen and, yes. you know, trying to diversify my skill set to communicate I had more skills than I did. Totally. So, like, with MTV, that was only, what, an hour a week? So yeah. then I started making YouTube videos. Mm. And obviously, like, who was really watching them? Like, 500 people? Mm -hmm. But it was enough that it's somebody... It's that training ground, isn't it? And then you've got that Absolutely. portfolio, that CV to point to and be like, look, been doing this for a while, like... And yeah. it's enough that someone could register like, oh, no, I see you make videos. Yeah, you present now. Cool. Great. And so it was like, yeah, the uh, TV presenting. Then it was I was doing radio as well at FBI. Yeah. And I did oh, that sick. FBI. Yeah, from like 2015 to 2017. So awesome. I was doing um, a specialty show with the club side chains. And I was doing sunsets and filling in for that. So just everywhere and doing things. Yeah. And um, I just maybe because I had a lot of skills, I was just popping up everywhere. And so everyone's yeah. like, well, let's, let's hop on, you know? Yeah. And then obviously it's a good time to be a female DJ, a woman mm -hmm. in music, mm -hmm. and then to be mm -hmm. a person of colour. It was like... Ticking all them boxes. Look, sweet. hot commodity. Yeah. Everyone wanted to slice. Yeah. And lucky, I was for hire. Yeah, you know yeah, what yeah. I mean? Like, what skills do you need today? <laughs> and then, um, yeah, so, you're just checking your roller decks yeah, and shit that like, I'm, I'm yet to do, but I, I would certainly dabble. crack that. Yeah, yeah I'll give that a shot. No yeah. And then I remember I was... Um, I didn't personally think I was plateauing, but... 
for me, because DJ, DJing wasn't a passion point, mm-hmm. I didn't really understand how I was going to sustain doing it for the rest of my life. Yeah. Was I going to be a 35-year-old DJ? I'm not sure. going to be Diplo. I don't want to make music. And TV presenting, um, it was tricky because... I hadn't realised that if I was going to work for a broadcaster, I would have to be communicating their messaging as opposed to just Which saying what I want change. to do. Which is a start change. Yeah, exactly. From your Instagram and Absolutely. When you're speaking your mind in your podcast. Absolutely. Then, yeah. And, you know, now obviously I can be in environments that allow me to just like talk my shit, but yeah. I couldn't do that initially. So it was coming to terms with, you know, can you spend the rest of your life being a mouthpiece for things you don't care about? Like how when does that stop being fun and cute? Mm. And so for me, it was like, okay, if you're going to ride the wave and be this internet person, how else can you commodify your presence on the internet? Mm. Then um, I saw that I was reading an article on Forbes that said that the beauty industry was like booming, the Mm. digital beauty industry and that, you know, they're making huge bucks and like they're building huge profiles. And so I was like, let me just do this beauty thing. So I just emailed a ton of beauty brands in Australia, pitched myself and said, hey, like, do you want to send me some product? I can do beauty things. And because naturally everyone wants to reach a market of people of colour in Australia, but there are very few influencers who are people of colour. Ding, ding, ding. Boom, here she is. She's for hire. Yes, please, let's go again. (laughs) That's class. That is absolutely class. Honestly, and I just remember a friend of mine who worked in um, beauty PR who was like, it's going to be really difficult yeah. because like Australians like are mostly going to be white sure. and like how are you going to sell complexion products and yeah. like the makeup you do is like so outlandish it's not going to resonate and I was like I'm just going to like suss it out right. and then within six months that became my primary income stream you wow. know what I mean what through so YouTube what, well through sponsorship sponsorships being... through doing like through modelling through using my face for brands like it just like skyrocketed and that for me was like a manifestation of manifesting and also just like understanding the world around you because for me obviously no part of me was like you're going to be a model when you grow up but understanding that there is a need and a want for people who look like me they Mm. want the person who's going to have you know a fun quirky look they want a mouthpiece they want a person of color they want a female they want someone who's going to say the things that their brand can't say Mm -hmm. it just so happens that i'm quite happy to do those things yeah yeah when that stops being trendy who knows yeah yeah, but you know yeah, it's just, I think I started looking at life like a bit a bit of like a game and there are checkpoints and sometimes you just like, you reach them and they make sense and other times they don't. Mm. But now I'm just writing it out. I don't even know if I have it in me to do what I have done before, mm. you know? Just, <laughs> yeah, you look back just, and you're like, like exhausted. Ugh. You're like, good Lord, have I done all, all this? Like the things I... I don't think I was sacrificing heaps, but I definitely wasn't a leisurely person. I wasn't a fun person to be around. Mm. I was very work oriented. I was very much work over everyone. I would Mm. tell people, I'm not coming. I'd rather go to work than go to your birthday party. I couldn't make money. So why would I, you know, like just wasn't a great person to be around. That work-life balance wasn't quite. Wasn't it? And I'm not a balanced person generally. So it's just never going to be there. That's fine, right? It's living, as long as you live consciously out of balance. Absolutely. That's exactly it. So in retrospect, I can't imagine putting as much effort into working and career than I did then anything you say to yourself uh, when you were younger like when you were 19 that you know now I mean don't be afraid to aspire for more there are a ton of people doing life the traditional way that if you suddenly you know veer left nobody's really checking for you and then if it doesn't work out just veer back right and go down the straight and narrow Mm, there's mm. so many options Mm. I feel and and don't ask for permission kind of thing well, also, yeah, and I feel like people's recall of things that of past, past things, past circumstances aren't very good. So even if you were, you know, that person is like always trying new things. I don't think people are that 
aware of what you did and what you're going to do and, and why you didn't, why you stopped. Nobody's thinking about you. Mm. There's so much value in trying. I really do think if you don't try, you fail. Yeah. Yeah, so, real talk. Oh, completely agree, mate. Completely agree. Life's a sandpit. Yeah. And trying is the easiest bit. Yeah. It's being in your head, being anxious about not trying, that really gets you down. Yeah, yeah. But there's a huge gap that you kind of lightly fly over there, but it's being so many creatives get locked in this world of I'm going to be, again, limiting belief of I'm going to be a poor artist. They, yeah. they, they fail to close the gap of monetization, right? So what was it about, like, I suppose it just sounds like your entrepreneurial spirit is yeah. just resonating. And you were like, this is my idea. I can make money from this. Did the money come first and then the idea? Or was it, well, I suppose, a dance sometimes, isn't it? Um... The idea came I said, after DJing. So yeah. once I realised I could get paid to do it and mm. then started benchmarking what everyone else is getting paid to do it, it occurred to me, it was very clear what I needed to do to make more money. Like mm. I was never going to get paid more being just a DJ. That's not really a skill that people want to pay. So you hit that ceiling kind of thing. Yeah, yep. hit a ceiling really quickly and said, how can I build my profile? I think the easiest thing for me to do... Um, or the thing that helped most was working in PR mm. because that job requires you to have a, a clear scope of businesses around you yeah. that feed into your business. So you're on a day-to-day, you're interacting with lawyers and graphic designers and, you know, um, writers and finance people and accountants. And your job is to understand their job to do your job better. Yeah, and so having that in mind... And understanding what my best case scenario was at the time with each of these different, you know, side hustles... It was very clear to me that, you know, if I wanted to increase my profile on Instagram, I needed to look at people who had a bigger profile. What are they doing that I'm not doing? Oh, they interact with their audience. Oh, they bridge the gap. Oh, they incentivize. They give gifts. Or if I wanted to be um, a TV presenter, okay, well, I don't know any TV presenters, so... I need to ask how to become one. Mm. And then from there, use that information and feedback what they want. Model, iterate. Absolutely. And so uh, it's almost like, and that's what I meant about, you know, understanding that you have to be a student and a teacher. Like I could be aware of the fact that I don't have the information. So I need to find the information and mm. then model my model my strategy to reflect the information given to me. Mm. I think a lot of creatives fall into the trap of thinking that their creativity is enough to to sell their vision. Mm. Nobody cares about your art. Mm. Like everyone mm. cares about how they can benefit from your art. Mm. And so find out what people want from you and delivering that to them. Yeah, you start know? with the value you can give to others first. Absolutely. Come from it. From and that also angle. I feel like the will hasn't changed since the beginning of time. We're doing the same shit we have been doing. You mm. know, the same, like I, when I look at artists today, I'm like, okay, I understand that you want to, like let's say it takes you 30 hours to paint a painting. Paint a painting for 30 hours, nobody can afford to buy that painting. So you make prints, mm. you make merch, merchandise you make quicker versions of the main piece so everyone can buy into it mm. that business model has existed since the beginning of time it's why we can have picassos in our house that yeah. aren't picassos yeah, yeah 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 you know so it's almost like don't put pressure on yourself to be the person who has the big new idea do what's been done it needs to be done you know exactly, like i'm yeah. sure there are a ton of people there are a ton of people with podcasts doing it but we still have them because my point of view is going to resonate with someone and your point of view might not. Mm. And so that's my audience and that's your audience. And there's enough, there's 8 billion people. Yeah. There's enough for all of us to get yeah. this money. Yeah. Real talk, real mm. talk. And it's about that concept of like a thousand true fans as well. 
like your, when your mate was mm. projecting perhaps her fear and worry, oh, there's not really an audience for your makeup mm. kind of thing here in Australia. You hit that that lightning rod of that thousand fans, mm. boom, that means the world. And also, we live on the internet. Yeah. I mean, come that, on now. Yeah. We mm. live on the internet. Everything you ever want to do and yeah, and aspire to do has probably been done and done well. Yeah. And somebody has chronicled their failures and a step by step on the internet. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's R- all there. How to write a book, how to start a business, you know, how to go from a full timer to a freelancer, how to monetize your hobbies. It's all on the internet. Yeah, 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 yeah. Ask that, ask sensible, smart questions. And that's what leads you that's in the right it. direction. Or a new thing I'm thinking about is maybe just remind yourself or stop deluding yourself that you want things that you don't want. Mm. I feel like success or the aspiration of being successful is really just getting some people down. Mm. Just say you don't want it. Mm. It's cool. Not everybody has to be like a go-getter hustler. Maybe you're not even motivated by money and here you are slaving away 45 hours. Yeah. What? Yeah, so true. The world's ending. Do something good for yourself. Yeah, do something you enjoy. Yeah. Take a load off. And if you don't, what if you don't know what you enjoy? Figure that out. Yeah, ASAP. Yeah. ASAP. Right, I'm very conscious at the time, so I want to... How long have we been talking for? Oh, God, I don't know, but we've had old Jim come into the studio and give me the, the, the 10 fingers of death. So we've got <laughs> 10 minutes. So I've got, I want to wrap up with some... There's so much more. We'll have yeah. to get in another time to get these pearls of wisdom. I've just got my big bag running around trying to pickle these things up. But in terms, like your Instagram. Yeah. Like, mate, I try and keep up with you. Hella, like, how... To give me a daily routine. Like, how many stories do you post? Where do you find the time? How many hours do you spend on your phone? What's the most used app within your phone after Instagram, if Instagram is the first one? How do you balance creativity with routine? How do you... There's a lot of shit there. Go. Okay, Instagram. Yeah. I think I spend as many hours as I'm awake as I do on Instagram. Wow. If we're going to be honest. Yeah. Unless I'm with someone, like, one-on-one time, not on my phone. Yeah. So that might be three hours, four hours. Yeah. But as many hours as I'm awake on my phone. The content, uh, it's just like, I'm always... I'm always on the Googles. I'm on Reddit and I'm on Psychology Today. Yeah. Then I take that information, I learn it, then I vomit it back out to my audience. The podcast, thank goodness, takes me no time I just speak and Boba does all the editing all the recording Amazing. pretty much all the promo that's cool and stuff do you have like talking points that you agree ahead of time and no then you unleash, we're not or planners just, babes yeah 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 we're just unleash big, well I'm not I'm yeah. a big like frivolous expert who's like I just feel like let's just riff yeah yeah let's yeah. riff yeah. Um, so no then uh, how many what what else do we have uh, so your yeah, creative routine structure to your day how do you how do you manage well the balance if you spend your waking time on your phone like yeah. this interaction we're having now mm. it you're so, I feel that you're so present we're here yeah. you know and it's getting that balance I see mm. so many people your Instagram influences etc who like is the dog wagging the tail or is the tail wagging, wagging the, the dog, dog right yeah. are you doing this thing you know you're going for dinner with your mates but then you're like here I am with dinner with my yeah. mates and your mates like put your fucking phone mm. down like, that used to be me for sure really? but then I had to for me with the <laughs> I just needed to make sure that Instagram again wasn't I was working it was working for me like it yeah. needs to feed into my life so it wasn't conducive to share yeah. every single thing for me it's really important that people know I'm a real person and I mm. want to make sure that interactions stay like you know on point mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. don't talk at me don't tell me what to do like engage with me as a stranger on the internet or a stranger you'd meet in real life you know so that's really important I mean maintaining presence and balance not everybody has monetized their their persons. Yeah. And so I feel like it should be easier for the average person if you're just like, you know, 
having a good time on the internet. But I mean, for me, it's just a matter of understanding, like, what am I there to do? Communicate mm. these verticals of my brand. I'm going to be a thought leader, a taboo speaker, a creative person. Mm. You will follow me where I go or you will leave. Sure. It doesn't fit within that bracket. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Also understanding that Instagram will die. Yeah. Maybe tomorrow. Yeah. Maybe in a year. So just spread like them, it, spread them roots far and wide. You Don't know have what your I eggs mean? in one basket. Spread yeah. the roots far and wide and also ride the wave. Like yeah. use it as intended and also like, you know, mind your business. So that is it. I also think like while all of that's happening, yeah. all, I said I wasn't goal setting, but having like a best case scenario in mind, best case scenario for me is not having to work. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so the cl- the closer I can get to modeling my lifestyle around one that centers around leisure, mm-hmm. I know I'm on the right track. If I'm enjoying myself, we're doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. And I know I'm coming from a place of privilege because I've worked in a way that that makes sense mm-hmm. to figure out what your guiding light is. Like Maybe you want to feel validated. Maybe you want to feel recognized for your achievements. At this point, I don't really mind. Just want to be having fun at all times. Yeah, that's incredible. What mm-hmm. a mantra. Yeah. Took a minute. I was like, fun is a waste of time. Yeah. Fun is not productive. Yeah. Fun is people who don't have aspirations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) No, it's important. Like, again, it's those periods of introspection where you rewire and you're like, oh, shit, actually, I've got to get this hierarchy of needs or Mm -hmm. what I I value. Maslow. Told us from the get-go. Yeah. Yeah. And here we are, still wondering, how to balance the things. It's like, look look after where you live, look after what you eat, what do you do? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Take care of that. Oh, mate, like, we'll, I'm going to have to sadly wrap it up, but it's been unreal. What future stuff? Like, again, you got a fucking book. Got a book. You got a book. Who'd have thought? Got a book. Who'd have thought? I told you crazy things have happened. Yeah. So a you're seven, seven out of ten chapters deep? Yeah. Writing look, it? I mean, part of me just thinks I just need to, like, just quickly just, like, jot down the Scuffle rest and just out. hand it in and be like, give me feedback, and they'll sure. say the last chapters are shit, redo them, I'll do them. Sure. Are you allowed to give us a blurb? Like... What's the vibe? I don't think I can. Ooh, I feel like I'm embargoed. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't, feel like, but as soon as, as soon as I know, you'll know. Yeah, that's They'll nice. know. Awesome. And timelines mm. for that, you're looking at August next year. August next year. Hardback. Which will come, yeah, hardback. Yeah. It's going to be a beautiful, like, Analog, coffee mate. table style book. Beautiful. So, like, beautiful to look at, but yeah. with nuggets of truth. Love that. That's mm. cool. Yeah, and there's something to be said for that whole kind of coming back to something tangible, something yeah. that you can hold. I'm learning there, about that. Physicality I'm of such it. such a digital baby and I realise all of my memories have just gone to the abyss because I haven't taken them or processed them with the intention. And yeah. I'm like, what did I even do for New Year's last year? So true. Yeah, we were just chatting outside mm-hmm. the studio, weren't we, about having photo album yeah. after album on a hard drive gathering dust that you're never going to look at again. Never gonna look at. You know, you're clearing your phone every month or whatever and then boom, where do they go? To the cosmos. Like, nothing, nothing happens Sad. to them. Sad. Oh, mate. Well, very, very excited to read that then, pal. Mm. And uh, the force of nature moves on. Where are you off to next? Got to write this book. Yeah. <laughs> this book ain't going to write itself. Yeah, look, I, I, I only think in dailies now too. Yeah? Look, I used to be like a forward planner, but now I'm like, be present. Think about what you need to, to do today. And then at the end of the day, think about what you need to do tomorrow. Interesting. So that, so, I suppose, yeah, do you have like a, do you know, how far in advance do you know your life right now? Do you know what you're doing next week? I mean, it's technically in the calendar, but if I scroll to November, I don't think there's anything in the calendar. Awesome. So, you know. Life's unpredictable. Come back. It's a wave. Ride it. Yeah. What is time if not a construct? 
Real talk. Oh, mate. So many pearls of wisdom. I definitely want to get you back on the show in Whee! the future to see where this star's flying to now. But mm-hmm. Flex, thank you so much for joining me. You're welcome. Take it easy, guys. Catch you in the next one. Farewell. See ya. And there we have it guys that was ep 9 hope you enjoyed yourselves and got something from it what a lady hey if you want to keep up with all things flex make sure you check out our website where you can purchase her awesome card game reflex the game and if you want to keep up with Amanda on insta she's flex.mami m-a-m-i and flexmami on twitter thanks again for listening and i'll catch you in the next one